We're in a season of sports, and uh, you got some football starting up. Uh, you have college sports that look like they're going to be kicking off again. You have basketball starting to come towards the end, getting closer to its championship. And uh, when you ask great players a question, you say, man, first through the third quarter, you shot maybe two for 17. Like, you just weren't making anything. And then in the fourth quarter, you just lit up. You scored 20 points. How did, how did you do that? How did you? And they'll say something simple. I had confidence in my shot. I knew that if I just kept going forward, sooner or later, it would start hitting. You ask uh, famous actors or actresses that have performed on Broadway, and in the first couple minutes of the play starting, they forget their lines. And what do they do? They keep re-saying the last sentence, the last sentence, the last sentence, until it all comes back. And you ask them, what, what happened? You, you seem to forget your lines. And they say, I knew if I just could repeat that last sentence enough times, it would all come back to me. I had confidence in knowing I had done the work, knew the lines, and something for just a moment got me off focus. Or, or you talk to hikers, and this is kind of crazy. You talk to hikers that get lost out in the woods for a day, a week, sometimes more. And you say, how did you endure against crazy environmental challenges, animals, all these different things. And oftentimes, especially in mountainous areas, they will say, I knew that if I could just keep moving forward to get to the top of the mountain, somebody would see me. Some helicopter would fly over. I had confidence that if I could make it to this point, I would be rescued. Family, this concept of confidence is one that we understand from a worldly standpoint. But God gives us understanding of confidence from his perspective. We've been digging in the book of Psalms for some time, and we've been talking about hymns. And hymns are psalms that come forth when life is grand and great. But then on the other hand, there are Psalms of lament, where we are crying out for God to intervene and intervene right now. Last week, we talked about a psalm of kingship, where we celebrate that an aspect of God's character, and we focused on faithfulness. And this week, we would preach and understand who God is a bit more from a psalm of confidence. You remember psalms of confidence are when there is a situation taking place, but you know, you trust, you believe that God's going to get you through. It's different from a lament. It's not a crying out. It's almost like a declaration of, oh, we down? Don't worry. We coming back to win this game. Like it's almost a, a, a statement of you believing God's going to come through even though you have yet to see it. And so this Sunday, I would ask you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 16. 
And uh, I don't usually do uh, alliteration, you know, where it's like you use one letter and it's like, you know, God is excellent. God is enough. God is everlasting. God is eternal. You know, I don't usually do that. But this week, uh, alliteration just flowed so well from the text that I can't help but give y'all a whole series of P's. All right of peas. And so uh, we're going to start the first P, which is prayer. Pray for your pastor even now. Lord, would you have your way in this time that your people might be blessed, though not in the church building, still being the church and wanting to be equipped to live out your kingdom, live for you and, and experience your kingdom. So Father, have your way in this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm chapter 16, verse 1, it starts with, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. In you I take refuge. This this term preserve is a Hebrew term, shamar, which means to protect or to watch over. It it almost reminds you of that old gospel hymn, Oh, I need thee, oh, how I need thee. Every hour I need thee. That, that, type of, that type of hymn comes from a situation. And we don't know what David's situation is. We don't know in this psalm, in this chapter, uh, if it is internal fighting amongst family members. We don't know if he is facing famine at this point. We don't know if there is an enemy approaching and about to try to attack them. We don't know. All we know is he says, Preserve me, O God. Protect me. Watch over me. Preserve me. And so we see out the gate, David establishes that it is in God that he finds his protection. And he is confident in that. He's confident in that because he knows that he can take his refuge in God. What does that look like? Refuge in this time, in this era, was the the idea of of a city that has walls surrounding it and that in those walls you can find rest and protection. And God is saying through David, rest and protection are found in me. David is saying, I'm I'm confident in that, even though that is not my situation right now, even though I need thee, Lord, I need thee, I'm confident in knowing that you are my refuge. Confidence psalms are interesting because we don't have this genre at all if we don't have conflicts, if we don't have problems, if we don't have issues, if we don't have situations that are drama-filled. We don't have confidence psalms. And so I hope that we can connect with these psalms because we recognize, yeah, we too have been in some situations. We too today find ourselves in some situations and our hope, our confidence is in God. Continue with me, verse 2. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. You are my Lord. 
I have no good apart from you. Have you ever had something so good that you wonder, how did you get along without it before? Like, 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 man, this is so bomb. What did I, what did I used to do? I remember wifey and I entered into marriage and I had a, 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 a 19, I think it was like a 1989 Ford Tempo. Wifey stepped up the game, had a 1990 uh, Honda Accord. We moved up from that, got a 92 Civic. Uh, then we got like a 97 Bonneville. And, and when we were here, I think it was like 2011, 2010, our cousin gave us a, a minivan. Man, with all them kids and backpacks and uh, snotty nose rag and all that stuff. I don't think any car matters but the minivan. I'm sorry. It's like, what was I driving before the minivan with, with, with a family? I saw the same thing happen even with, with movies. We used to take some wipes to the movies because the seats were so nasty. Sometimes you wipe down a seat, go watch a movie. Now they got leather recliners. Bring your pizza. It's all, it's all, it's, it, the, the game has changed in the movie industry. Like, like we, we don't even, we, we, we can't even, what was it like before that? We don't even remember. And, and, and David is saying, I have thee. You are my Lord. There ain't, there ain't nothing that compares to that. There is nothing in me that's going to compare with what I have experienced in thee. Nothing good. And so we are encouraged by David's posture that, that he sees his, his confidence is in the one who protects him, who preserves him. And he recognizes and has a solid posture of humility that there is nothing good that comes from him. Do you believe that? Do you believe or do or do we think that like we're actually we actually are all right and we got God like we ain't bad as some folk. But we got God. No, 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 no. Nothing comes. No, no, uh, no good apart from thee. Continue with me. Verse three. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The people of God, the community of God, the saints of God, those set apart and chosen by the Lord. This community of people. Encourage him in his confidence and give David, give you, give me a sense of don't worry, the situation feels overwhelming, but God's got us. God's going to get us through. I, uh, I, I remember we were um, in the midst of like praying and just like, okay, Lord, COVID is hit. What do we do? What do we do? And um, James Lavallo and JD started talking and like before I knew it, like we was just we were just up and flowing with 48214 care and uh, God just was faithful. And, and, and out the blue, uh, someone just encouraged us with a check. They made some 
some um they yep they made some uh masks for the community and they sent a check and um oh y'all videos not videos acting up so what i'm gonna do is keep talking and i'm gonna try to see if i can fix this right quick we have had some uh some issues today and so what we're going to do is try to switch the camera and just go straight up back to the old school. All goody good. Praise the Lord. And so in the midst of setting up for um, for 48214 care, somebody just writes a check. Don't worry. It's going to be all right. God's got y'all and we believe. And they send us a check from Cleveland to help with the efforts of, of, of COVID in our community. You see, sometimes, like, like sometimes that, that level of confidence, you, you know God has got you. You know he's protecting you. You know you ain't no good without him, but sometimes you even need another brother or sister to come alongside you and say, let me help your faith, and I'm going to have faith in God and believe him in this moment, even when you may not have the measure of faith. Community, the saints. Continue with me, verse 4. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Don't pursue another God. Pursuing another God is, is a snowball effect of pain, but it usually starts out innocent. It starts out even delightful. Let me ask you a question. You ever, you ever eaten a whole gallon of ice cream? You, you, ever, you ever eaten a whole birthday cake to yourself? How about six pizzas? You see, all that, that sounds kind of crazy right now because you and I both know that the first bite ain't, ain't no problem. Let me, get, let me get a little bit of that caramel crunch, one, one good bite. But, but, what, but what happens when you get to the point of, of indulging in it or delighting too much in it? hurts you, causes great pain. You, you, you feel it to the nth degree afterwards. Why? Because it was not designed for that purpose. It was not designed for you to indulge in it in that way. And pursuing the world for what only God can give only creates multiple layers of pain. I'm here. I'm 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 down for the fight. I'm like let's go. I believe that we we have to do some amazing advancements as we celebrate uh brilliant women, the skill sets that they have, intellectual ability, gifts and talents. Um we we need to see women being paid on par with men in roles. Um and, and we need to be celebrating some, some amazing sisters in our society. We also have to fight for police, treating everyone equally. 
We may have uh, to fight for some time uh, some some crazy expressions of racism that will continue to surface. But but family. Eliminating sexism. Eliminating racism. That is not our end goal. That is not what we as believers ultimately want. We got to be careful because what we can do is make our our passions, our purpose for existing. Our purpose for living or said another way, be careful not to make your goals your God. You see, our purpose is to glorify and worship the Lord and anything that hinders us from worshiping who God is. We want to shine his holy light on it and expose it for what it is. But that is not our end goal. Worship, celebrating a holy God and and, and experiencing a love and, and, and a rest and a joy and a peace that he desires to offer is our end goal. And so we have to be careful not to allow our goals to become our God. Continue with me, verse five and six. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Inheritance is a term that 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 oftentimes many people don't don't understand and don't get. And we don't get it because because of maybe the communities we've come from, like sometimes There's two reasons why you can't even fathom the concept of inheritance. Sometimes it's because even at a young age, you are contributing to the stability of the home. And so maybe mom and dad or dad is working or mom by herself, single mom working or whatever. Maybe they're working the best they can. But once you got that job in high school, you found yourself working and contributing towards the light bill. Contributing towards the 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 the, uh, the the gas bill, helping to make sure that the water stayed on. And so an inheritance is something that may be tough for you to even consider. Or maybe you even as a kid inherited debt. You see, back in the day from the generation I'm from, sometimes parents would get into a tough spot, tough jam. It ain't that they don't love their kid, but they're trying to do all that they can. And they realize I can put this bill in my kid's name. And, and I know if it's in my kid's name, I'm going to do all I can to make sure I pay it on time. And before you know it, now a child has debt. You see, some communities, it's tough to consider even what an inheritance is. But let me give you a, 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 a biblical understanding. It comes from this, this site called compellingtruth.org, which uh, I don't celebrate like all of the different insights that they have, but on this particular note of explaining uh, God being our portion, they did a good job. They say that portion is translated inheritance and saying that God is your portion is another way of saying uh, he is your allotment in life. When we say that God is our portion, we are saying that he is all our all sufficient one, the source of all we need. The Old Testament, each Israel, Israelite tribe 
uh, minus the priestly tribe of Levi, received an allotment of land upon arrival in the promised land. This land was their family inheritance and was passed on from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. It was stability and it was something you looked forward to to propel you in life to be able to set up your kids who would set up their kids. So an inheritance was this, this ripple effect of stability. But as was indicated with the tribe of Levi, another side to the concept of the inheritance is that God himself can be the inheritance of his people. Levi in Deuteronomy is said, Deuteronomy 10, 9 says, Levi has no portion of inherit or inheritance with his brothers. The Lord is his inheritance. So as everyone else got their land and were building up, the Levites were to be dependent on God and God alone. With no land, it seems like they should be scared. It seems like they should be running. It seems like they should be fearful. But actually, God is saying, they got land. You got me. You, you got, you, you, this is not a comparison as in, oh man, the land is bad. No, God was setting up his people to receive the land. But you got me. And in the same way today, family, we have the Lord, our Savior. Nothing good flows from who we are, but he in his mercy and his rich care and his love for us reminds us that he is our refuge. And in being our refuge, he makes us, us righteous people, co-heirs with Christ, grafted into his family, and now we have an inheritance in him, one that's greater than land. We have an eternal inheritance, and we are cared for today, right now, by God. And so what would happen is they would draw up lines, and the lines would fall, and where the lines fail, that would be what you inherited, and you look around and say, I'm good with this. See, and so David is saying, God, me having you is enough. And what you have given me is good. And that's a tough, that's a tough one for us to grasp, understand, and hold because some of us are looking around at our situation and we are saying, for real, God? Like, like I'm supposed to be good with the way that these lines panned out? For real, God? But see, I, I, I'm, I'm, I continue to be blown away by the, the great diversity of our community. Because in our community, we have some folks that are struggling to find a way to pay their, to pay their light bill. They're struggling to find a way to, to keep the heat on. And right now, they got an entire house that they're loving their family in, and they're heating it with the stove. And then two blocks away from our church, there's a homeless shelter, a shelter where vans drive around our city and they get calls and someone gets picked up on a corner with just a plastic bag. No food, sometimes no shoes. And so 
yeah, you heating it with the stove. And I don't I don't wish that was your 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 circumstance. I pray that God would would change that even now. But you see, your perspective and your position is far different than someone else. And and sometimes I get encouraged by the person who gets picked up in the van and they say, man, the heat in this van feels great. You see there, this David is saying, I got you, God, and the way you allow my situation, I know that you got me and I know that you will be, you will come through. I know that you will pick me up. And so he's 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 good with. With God being his portion. He's good with how the lines have fallen in pleasant places. Continue with me in verse seven. And, and y'all know church pray for me because whenever your pastor give out a a. a if I say like, hey, I got six great points for you, y'all know I'll be like, number one, number two, number three, number three, number three, number seven. Okay, here we go. Y'all, y'all know how I do. So as I'm trying to do this alliteration and peace, pray for your pastor's organization. Amen. Verse number seven. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night also, my heart instructs me. Oh, bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night. Also, my heart instructs me. We know we, this, is, this is home. The D is home. We know that there's a different set of rules that take place in the evening at night. People used to call the night the, the, the devil's playground. Like, like at night is usually where drama is starting to happen and you are sometimes at the mercy of 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 the way of this world and 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 David is like uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> even at night you come speak to me even at night you you pierce through my doubts and my worries and my anxieties even at night I receive your counsel and my heart is led and instructed by thee verse 8 I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. This is a, just a beautiful sign of God's favor upon his people and upon David. Verse 9 and 10. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. Therefore, my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. We, we got a, in, in, in Mac Ave, I don't know who this dude is, so someday y'all are going to see him. But oftentimes I come to the church and I clean up in the front. I'm grabbing some, some uh, smash cans. I'm picking up, um, you know, uh, cigarette cartons, uh, all types of trash. And pretty often there's like some lotto tickets there. And, and maybe the brother or the sister get, go get, gets like about to the church, looks in our light, sees that they lost, and they just throw down the tickets because we have a decent amount of lotto tickets. But a lottery ticket is something interesting because let's say that you hit the lotto for, for $200 million and you look at that ticket. That ticket has value associated with it. That ticket 
is something that lets you know you will be able to access the funds. But the ticket itself is not the cash. The ticket gives you confidence to believe you're going to access certain wealth. And see, here he's saying, I'm, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad because I, I know that I am good. I know that I'm going to access confidently what you have for me, God. I know the value of this praise even now when I have yet to fully experience it. Come on, somebody. Family. Praise is a part of our expression of confidence in who God is, and you look crazy. Why? Because in a situation that drama is coming and challenging you and, 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 and looking like you should just be defeated, you break out with praise? You, you, break, you break out with celebration and rejoicing? Yeah, because you know the value of this God and all that he is giving us access to and that he will faithfully come through this God. And so his heart is glad. Whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. Verse 10. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. One of the Bible dictionaries, Easton's Bible Dictionary, it just says like, it, 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 it reminds us in a, in a short summary of the power of the resurrection. Reminds us of, of 1 Corinthians 15, 14, saying that, that if Christ is not risen, our whole faith is in vain. The whole New Testament, uh, the Bible dictionary says, whole New Testament, the whole of the New Testament revelation rests on this fact that Jesus was resurrected. We see uh, that, that Peter in Acts chapter 2 is, is responding to this craziness that's happened at Pentecost where the Holy Spirit dwells and, and, and touches the tongues of people and we have this miraculous display of the power of God take place within society. And folks are like, what's up with them? They drunk? Why are why they, why they acting like that? So Peter goes in to, to share and make this beautiful defense of the gospel. And, and in chapter 2 of Acts, verse 22 through 29, it says this. It says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivering, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. But God raised him up, loosing the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. 
For David says, now you see Peter quoting our man in Psalm 16. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh was also my flesh also will dwell in hope for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your holy one see corruption. You've made known to me the path of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. And then he goes on to say, brothers, may I say to you with confidence, confidence. And he talks about David foreseeing even in Psalm 16, this, this resurrection of Christ, that, that this was a, 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 a prototype, if you will, a preparation for us to be able to understand the power of God, the power of Jesus, the resurrecting power that, that, that all Miracles are pointing and testifying to who Jesus is and his miraculous power. There's this, uh, this, this, this artist from I was, this, this uh, magazine called Bits and Pieces. And uh, this American painter named John Sargent once painted a panel of roses that was highly praised by critics. It was a small picture, but it approached perfection. Although offered a a high price for it on many occasions, Sargent refused to sell it. Whenever he was deeply discouraged and doubtful of his abilities as an artist, he would look at it and remind himself, I painted that. Then his confidence and his ability would come back to him. Family, we have something far more valuable than a painting, but but such a beautiful image of God's power in the resurrection. It is the resurrection that, that, that when we are feeling low and we are feeling like, God, can you come through this time? God, are you going to be able to change this situation? I know about him and her and them and them, but but do you see what I'm in right now? How are you going to change this? And he says, I'm giving you an image, the resurrection. Let that power remind you of what I can accomplish. Let it lift you when you are feeling low. Let it cancel your doubts. Let it be a place where you can put your confidence. And so we get a, a, a glimpse of the resurrection where there's <laughs> no corruption of his body. Hold. Continue with me, y'all, with that after power, this, this last P, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore the path of life taking refuge in Yahweh allows for us to experience life and joy taking refuge finding our our protection finding our our being 
allowing our purpose to flow out of being in God allows us to have joy, allows us to have peace. It is this path of life that God offers, offers. I had a little little cousin about, it was probably about 10 years, no, it was more than that because I was in seminary, so probably about 13 or 14 years ago, talking to my little cousin, and uh, uh, he was telling me about, like, at this time, um, he, he was, he was considering selling drugs, and he was telling me about how tough it is. You got to stand on the block all day, and then uh, you're on the block, and, and you got to watch for other drug users that may want to steal your drugs. Then you also have to watch for, for thieves that think you got a lot of money because you're selling drugs. Um, and then you got to watch uh, for jealous friends who want to take what you have. And also you have to watch out for the police. And, and because the drugs flood the community, it's actually a user's market. So the demand was pretty low. And, uh, you know, some days you might stand out there for 15 hours and make $100 every, every two days. You know, and now you done done a seven-hour seven day, eight-hour day. And we was you're like, man, that, that come out to like six, seven dollars an hour. Some, 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 some days you make a lot less and some days a little bit more. And so he was, he was contemplating and he said, look, man, I, I could just choose another route. Go get a job, work a consistent schedule, maybe even get some overtime, and I'm going to do better than most of my homies that are risking their lives and their freedom. I'm going to choose another, another path. You see, God gives us this opportunity to see our situations and let them overwhelm us. Be in a situation that has conflict or trial or challenge and us be defeated. Or he says, I'm giving you another path. Not a not not just a long shot, not something that that seems like it like it's like it's so far fetched. No, I'm giving you another path that is just logistically, rationally better. Because I've proven again and again and again that I come through. And if there is no greater example of my power to change the situations, to even change the, the, the fate of man, look to the resurrection. Look to me. And so I'm, I'm happy to say that my cuz chose a different path and he's... Uh, in a very uh, stable financial place right now, great father, uh, awesome family member, um, but 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 I don't I don't want to have us celebrating his effort. No, what I'm trying to celebrate is that God offers us a path, and that path produces something in us. Choosing God doesn't produce worry. Choosing God doesn't produce anxiety. It is not, it is not God who allows those products to be, play, be, be present. What God wants to be present as a result of choosing him is joy. Pleasure. 
feel good when you like, man, I mean, I mean, you might start looking over your back and wondering like who following me, like who who calling me. But if you got that lottery ticket, you you starting to feel a bit bit confident. God is saying I'm far more dependable than than any other gods. Chase them and you will multiply your pain, but choose me and you will find joy. Family, do we believe that? Is our confidence there that we can say, man, even in the midst of this, God, I'm still going to choose your path. I'm still going to find my rest in you. I'm still, Lord, going to kind of know that you're going to use the people of God, that you preserve me, protect me. That I'm called to pursue thee. And that you will allow me to flourish on the path of life that you provide. You know, family, this is uh, it's an interesting term that they use there for, for, uh, for the people of God. They use saints. And uh, saints are God's people set apart for his, his, his beautiful purposes uh, to worship him. And as a, as a man, the, the world tells me that I'm supposed to be I'm, I'm supposed to be prideful and not be willing to beg, but I, I, I sincerely beg you, I plead with you as a person who may not love God, consider the things said today. Consider if you are ironing out, if you are forging forth your own path and your confidence is only in you. Put your confidence in Jesus Christ who died so that you might have life and have life everlasting so that you today could experience being reunited with God in the way you were intended to for the purpose that you were made. Jesus died so that we might live. He said you should receive death. I should receive death because of our, 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 our rejection of God. But instead, Jesus takes that pain, that death, and lives so that we might have a chance to live too. And today I plead with you, accept the invitation that Jesus gives, which is to believe in him and ask for forgiveness. And then choose to walk in the path that he provides. If you desire to do that today, even if you're unsure of what that looks like. Pray this simple prayer with me. Father, forgive me for the wrong I have done. Jesus, I believe that you died to free me from my past and from sin. Allow me to live for you starting right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have uh, just prayed that prayer today, we are excited to have you uh, join in the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is bigger than MacAv, but we would love to connect with you here at MacAv. And, and afterwards, we're going to have a Zoom call where uh, I will get a chance to, to talk with you and share with you what it looks like to grow from here on out. So please, uh, please link in and call for that Zoom or uh, call 
uh, our church line at another time if it doesn't work for you. Um, But if you are a person that's been walking with the Lord, there's this process of sanctification, this, this, um, um, and I'm trying to look, what camera am I looking? I'm still looking at, oh man, my camera, whole time, y'all, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong camera. I'm looking down at the camera on my computer. But family, if you are a believer, a person that is walking with Christ and you see uh, Jesus as your Lord, but, 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 but there's a few questions that, or sanctification is when we continue to walk out our faith, where we are being made to look more and more like Christ. So for those that are being sanctified in that process of growth, I have a few questions for you that I pray help you grow more, help us all look more like Christ. And, and my first one is, what situation is too dark for God to get you through? Tell me what, what factors can be put in place where God is too powerful or where the situation is too powerful for you to put your confidence in, in God. Because this isn't just for, for non-believers. Satan is seeking to have us doubt Christ and place our confidence in all types of other things, even for the believer. All right. What what situation in your life has demonstrated that that the world has more power than the resurrection? What what experience, what situation, what drama demonstrates that it has more power than the resurrection of Jesus? All right. And so. Lastly, and I, and I ask those questions because I want you to begin to like, I want us to begin to, to be in situations and say, man, this is jacked up, but it ain't bigger than my God. It's not bigger than what he can do. It is not more powerful than what he displayed in the resurrection. Lastly, with God's path, even though it might not be glamorous, it might not be beautiful, it might not be easy with being on God's path, even if it might seem more difficult, do you believe that that is the best place for you and that God will come through? Is God's path the best path, even though it might be challenging? See, sometimes we need God's people around us because when when we get weary we'll be tempted to take the easy route sometimes you need a brother or sister to come alongside and say nah man you copping out you better walk with God even though you don't know what's next choose his path family I invite you to join me in prayer Lord we are thankful for the confidence we get to have in you Some of us are going through situations right now, Lord, where we needed to be reminded of your power, of what happens when we pursue you, Lord, of the protection that you provide. Help us, Lord. Help us to have our belief in you and our confidence in you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus.
Amen.